Yes, here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the Million Sonship Life again today on this Sunday. Beautiful Sunday morning. Every day is a beautiful day. Every day is a beautiful day filled with a beautiful morning, a beautiful noon, a beautiful evening, a beautiful night, a beautiful moment because we are of God now. Glory be to God. We have a message again. Isn't that how exciting that is? Always, it excites me. It excites me that he is such a good communicator and that when we tune into him, we can hear his communication and by faith, we can open ourselves up and utter the utterances that we are perceiving to be hearing from God. And so this morning at Wake Up, I perceived a title for the message. I tried to kind of push to the side for a little bit and up it came again. And so the title for this message is The Repose of Faith. Repose is not a word that's common to me. Repose, of course, means rest. So it's the rest of faith. But the words that came to me at wake up this morning was the repose of faith. And my first thought is yes, because we're continuing on the teaching and the subject of really that by the hearing of the word of God, that when we hear the utterances of the word of God, Faith is birthed in our heart. And when we, when we walk by faith under this unction of divine inspiration, the living word of God, the movement of the spirit in his word, that when we step out on that, on that unction, when we step out under that lead of the Holy Spirit, we are walking by faith and we are entering into a rest, a rest called Faith, the rest of faith. And without the initiation of really the coming in of the word of God, that when we tune in, we still ourselves to hear his voice, that at that moment, life is being uh, brought to our consciousness from our spirit man by the function of the Holy Spirit within us, bringing to remembrance either a verse we have read in the Bible or or just a phrase, a phrase, a phrase. Like this morning, he gave me the phrase, the repose of faith, which would always line up within the volume of the Word of God. And uh, I was going to title this, this, this message, Part two of last week's, which was still, still yourself in faith, still yourself in faith. But he gave me the title, repose, the repose of faith. Let's go to Psalm 46. This is how my lead goes at this moment. Back to how we started last week, Psalm 46. That Psalm 46, verse 10 is really the rest of faith that comes from knowing God, that comes from knowing the word of God. And so we looked at that and um, Psalm 46, verse 10, be still. And we looked at that word still. Actually, I think I might still have my, yeah. Be still is to sink Relax, sink down, let drop. And we looked at 
it was like sinking in your most comfortable chair. It's sinking in the word of God. It's trusting the word of God. It's taking your seat in Christ. Let drop. It's like drop the care, drop the anxious mind. And uh, I did not read the latter part. To relax, withdraw. It's like to withdraw from trouble. Just take your mind out of that wrong meditation. When when the troubling thought comes to you, the anxious thought, just withdraw from it. The way you see, you know, um, you go to the beach and the waves, how they withdraw away from the shores and they lap back on. Well, you don't have to lap back on. Just keep withdrawing away. Keep keep walking away from that torment in your mind don't engage and it's like a foul bird of the air this troublesome thought wants to keep landing and landing and landing but i'm telling you if you keep disengaging and disengaging it it will stop landing because the enemy knows it that particular weapon is not working anymore it can it can sound in 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 different forms of doubt unbelief and fear we can self-excuse all those things, but you know what those thoughts make you feel and how, what they make you do. If, you make you, if it makes you cower, if it makes you timid, if it makes you shrink back, all of that that, that brought that, that action on was a thought that was not of God. But the thoughts of God are lifting, they're edifying, they're bold, they're audacious, they are of faith, they are of the word of God, and there's no shrinking back in faith because God is not pleased with those who shrink back unto perdition. And so we looked at the word be still. It also is to let drop, like we said, abundant, abundant, that wicked thought, relax, refrain, forsake is another word. For be still. All of it you can see is an action of your mind, really, to forsake that thought. Because we know now that when we are in Christ, we are born again, we have access to the mind of Christ. But we know that the carnal mind still wants to communicate. And that is a true enemy to God. And the word of God is the unrenewed carnal mind of man. That though we're born again, if we do not take the word of God to renew our mind, we'll think the same odd fallen thoughts that everyone else in the world thinks. But now we are armed with the mind of Christ to forsake that lower thought, to refrain from thinking that thought, and know that I am God. And we looked at the word know, and, and the emphasis from last week is, be still and know that I am God. And that word, know, it's learn to know. Learn to know your God. Learn to know your God. How do you learn to know God? By reading the Bible. 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 I remember when I got born again. And it was the Holy Spirit that put this hunger for the Word. I was stuck in my bedroom reading my little black NIV Bible. I mean, I couldn't put it down. That's how you get to know God. All of us have, have some sort of understanding. All of us have an understanding, especially if we've walked for a season in Christian Dom and heard many messages and, and would want to, and not every message we heard has been wrong. There have been many, 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 many good messages. 
but it's filtered through our hearing. So maybe the preacher was perfectly right. But the way we heard, because there was still a, a carnal and renewed mind working, the what we heard, we actually didn't hear clearly. I tell you what tunes your ear properly to hear right. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. There's nothing more pure than the scriptures. There's nothing more pure than the voice of the Holy Spirit that's found in the word of God. And so that's the only way you can still yourself. The only way you can still yourself is by knowing your God today. How can you still yourself in the middle of trouble? Because trouble has a very loud voice. How? Well, we can pretend, and we know we have done that too. We've tried it. It doesn't work. doesn't work. Because the turmoil is still within. We can sound perfectly right to another and say, oh, this is God. It just got it. But within me, it's unsettled. Why? Because I have refused his voice. And that's what Hebrews chapter 12 talks about. Not refusing his voice. How would I refuse his voice? By choosing to believe the lie of the trouble. And not stilling myself to know him. We will not be of those who refuse his voice. But we'll be of the ones that still themselves in faith. By hearing the word of God which produces that revelation of who our loving Heavenly Father is. Let's go now to Hebrews 4, where God confirmed the message for today. The repose of faith. The repose of faith. That word, if we go to Hebrews 4, verse 9, there remains, therefore, it's open. It's still remaining. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, the one who believes the word of God, because we recognize just having read uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, the last few weeks of, of the teachings just here, but you can go back and reread that he's referring to the rest of faith. That when you hear the message of the gospel, you're to mix it with faith. And when you hear the word of God, believing that this is truth, you're mixing the word with faith and it's moving you and situating you in rest because it's settling everything else down. When you hear that God loves you, that God has accepted you and you believe that this truly is the word of God. This truly is truth. That it, it, it silences every lower condemning thought. Every other unlovely thought. So the struggle we have in our mind is because we're not believing the word of God. Oh, I believe, I believe. The Bible is the word of God. We're talking about walking out faith. The just shall what? Walk by faith. And we know that we'll walk out that which we believe. And so if we're struggling to walk out 
faith or this word is because we haven't allowed the word to persuade us. Because we haven't abided in the word of God to bear the fruit of the kingdom. Righteous fruit. For God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works. I call those works figure out works. Things that just want to hit my, my mind, my carnal mind, my head. It's like, it just wants to like slam on me. No, I've ceased from that struggle long time ago. I, I, I don't navigate and figure out anymore. And if I'm tempted to do that, I don't, I don't stay there too, too long. I, I can't. The number one thing that steals my peace is this figure out how, when, uh, connect the dots. This means that. No, no. God explains himself to me and to you through the word of God. And this word is sufficient for me to place me into rest because I've chosen to believe his word. So I don't need another follow-up and yet another follow-up and another follow-up and a seventh and an eighth sign from God. No. When I read, I believe. And that's how we cease from our own works, as God did from his. Well, that word rest, when you look it up in the um, concordance, the Greek concordance, one of the meaning of it is repose. It's repose, the Sabbath day rest of God. It's actually the Strong's 4520. And it means a Sabbath rest, keeping of the Sabbath, the blessed rest from toil and trouble. We have today, through faith, this blessed rest from toil and troubles. Doesn't that sound good? Where is this rest found? Within you. Within you. Nothing needs to change on the outside to place you into rest. And this is the freedom that we have of God as Christians. It is of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not of meat and drink. It's not of a tangible reality of the natural, but it's of a tangible supernatural reality. It is of faith. It has substance of things hoped for. It's evidence to us that we got it. Why? Because God said so. It is a boldness that the word produces, that this word is so, and so we through him speak the amen. Amen. All we say is amen. Glory be to God. As we're worshiping the Lord and you know, we give him the highest praise as we sing in our hearts. Our hearts are so open and we, we want to give him the highest praise. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, the highest praise is obedience to my voice. It is this submission to his word. That is how we express our hallelujahs to God. It's how we express our adoration and our trust and our utmost unswervingness and unwavering to the word of God. 
by believing him. By being a doer of this precious word. And seizing from this carnal trying to work it out. Another, another explanation or breakdown of the word rest in the Strong's 4520 was the repose of Christianity. We now as Christians have a repose. And when I was refreshing my, my memory from last week's message just early this morning, and I, I saw that it was my confirmation that yes, we are talking about the repose of faith. That this stillness that faith produces only comes through the word of God. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. We can keep teaching many messages and we'll always come back to this message, the word of God. And it's amazing the stubbornness of the human flesh. They will try everything else, talk to whoever wants to listen to us. We'll even pay money. We go through great lengths, even travel to meet with people. For solutions, solutions. And so quickly we tend to forsake the preciousness of this instruction. It is divine utterance. This is not mere words on a page. This is not just mere words on a page. This is divine life. This is divine life. And if I have to repeat this for the next half hour, that's sufficient, more than sufficient. Do you need an answer? Do you need a tender touch? Do you need a hug? Do you need validation? Do you need a confirmation? Do you need instruction? Do you need correction? Do you need, do, do you need a stilling? All of it is found in his word. All of it is found in his word. All of it is found in his word. I speak this to myself. I speak this to myself. Desi, do not wander here and there and everywhere. Get back to the word, Desi. Get back to the word, Desi. Get back to the word, Desi. Don't be a forgetful hearer. Actually, I have it on my cabinet right by my coffee machine. I'm not a forgetful hearer. I do. I do. I have it. I'm not a forgetful hearer. And for me not to be a forgetful hearer is I have to be found abiding in the Word of God. Abiding in the Word of God. Less, as Paul says, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I believe, 9, lest after I've preached, Paul says, I self-disqualify myself. Paul said that. That keeps us sober. And so the rest of faith, let's go, let's go, let's go to Hebrews 11. Last week we started something pretty exciting, pretty exciting. The chapter of faith that we're to be found in is this chapter of faith. And that I believe the Holy Spirit, as, as he, he does the entire word, but I'm just looking singularly right now to chapter 11, that the structure of this chapter is a true reflection of the life that we have in Christ, that we come in through this death, we come in through this death of Christ and the first reckoning that we do in our own personal life is that now I am dead to my old life because Christ died for me. I, in his death, am one with him. 
I have been actually baptized into his death so that in his rising, I arise. And that's what Ephesians tells us, that we together with him have been raised in that far above place. And so the number one identification that we have as Christian is that though we are dead, we can still speak. And that's really the only way we can speak to God. And so we looked at the story of, we looked at the story of A, that he, he made, he offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than his brother who was a murderer. Well, we do have a murderer called the flesh. And this murderer of a flesh will never offer a valiant, bold, excellent sacrifice to God. The flesh will always shrink back and look out for my own self. I'm not going to give to God because I have a lead of the Holy Ghost to sow a seed because I got to look after myself. Selfishness. Selfishness. And whether he's your big brother or your little brother, you determine that. How, how sound of a sound does he have in your life of shrinking back? Don't give that. Don't give that. Don't give that. Don't give that. Don't forsake your life for his sake. Don't forsake your life. You got to look after yourself. Well, the Bible is very clear. Unless you lose your life, you never find your life. The Bible is very clear. Unless we release all that we are unto him, we're holding back. And so we are on this onward, onward procession of glory. And we tied it with, um, in, um, um, maybe I'll just look at it again in John 11. I don't have too much time, but that's fine. I'll have the right amount of time in John 11 where Jesus says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. We live in him because we've chosen to die for him. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Uh, if we pair it up, which I did not do last week, but I'll do it this week. In Romans 8, there's another verse that goes with it. Romans is after the book of Acts. In chapter 8, I believe it's verse 10. That's right. It goes with Enoch in Hebrews 11, chapter 4, where, uh, 11, verse 4, where it says that God testifying of his gifts Sorry, of Abel. We're talking about Abel. I'm getting my characters wrong here. Of Abel's gifts, that through it, he being dead still speaks. And so though Abel had died, he's still speaking in Romans 8, 10. And if Christ is in you, so is Christ in you? Yes, because we have received him. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. See, our outer man is dead, just as Abel is dead. Yet we speak, just as Abel still speaks. Through the Spirit, 
But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So now we can go to Enoch, verse 5. All of that was the recap. So now we are continuing on. By faith, Enoch was taken away. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. So he did not see death. And it was not found because God had taken him. You know, God's taken us too. He's taken us. We are his. We'll break it down. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then verse 6 continues that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So can we say without us being in this rest of faith, in this repose of faith, in this place that John was leaning on the bosom of Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved, a revelation of the love of God that places us in this reclining position of perfect obedience and relies solely on God. That it doesn't please God if we don't do that. If we're still struggling in our minds, trying to figure things out, going in little circles, little circles. What am I going to Overwhelmed, I'm so, I'm so, what's going on? What's going on? We've departed from this place that pleases God. But in Him, by Him, through faith, we please God perfectly because we believe that God is and He's a reward of those who diligently seek Him. So let's go to Genesis 5 to look at the example of Enoch. All of us, oh, how many times have we said it? And even heard others say it. I want to be just like Enoch. To walk with God and be no more. To walk with God and be no more. Well, we are just like Enoch. Even, even grander yet. Because we're born again. Of God we are. It's in uh, chapter 5, Genesis, verse 23. Well, let's go where his name is first. His name is first mentioned in verse 18, that Jared begot Enoch. And here, for my family's purpose, we can look at the word Jared, how it's spelled is J-A-R-E-D. It's a private little matter. Um, and so he is, <laughs> Jared begot Enoch. So then in verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah, right, Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. After he begot the one that lived the longest. Think about it. Think about these examples that we have that are types and shadows. You see, we bear fruit that are eternal. They outlive and outgrow the dimness of this world. And so it had to be Enoch who begot Methuselah. Because Methuselah outlived them in numbers, all of them. And we know in little Bible study in Sunday school, who lived the longest in the Bible? Methuselah, who begot him. 
Enoch. Or look at the testimony of the one that begot him. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and one for each day of the year. Isn't that precious? Isn't the mind of God amazing and astounding? You live by faith 365 days in every single year. The just shall walk by faith. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He was not, for God took him. Let's go. Here it said, back to Hebrews 5, by faith Enoch was taken away, so he did not taste death. If we flip over to, he did not see death. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, I believe. 2.9, yes. Oh, my dear. This is a very exciting message. I'm trying to contain myself. But we see Jesus. Who do you see today? That's the key to entering into rest. That is the key to hearing the voice of God. Your soul vision, your soul inclination of the heart and of your hearing is of faith, the hearing of faith. And in that place, you only see Jesus. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Who took on this death? Jesus, here is going to say it. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Do you know that we now in Christ have passed from death to life forevermore? That we will not taste death just as Eno did not see death? Do you know that you portion in life now is only life and when you close your eyes on this side of, of, of earthly existence should you go by the way of the grave you just close your eyes but they're always wide open in the eternal so in the eternal there's absolutely no closure it's wide open and this faith is remaining for us now to enter in to ensure that we'll never taste death again ever because we have through the one sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ the most excellent sacrifice have made the choice to present to God our own most excellent sacrifice my living body to live for him alone, to be a living sacrifice. How? By renewing my mind, by recognizing I don't have to want to be like someone else. I am Desi in God, and I'm his perfect expression of glory divine, just the way it is, and tomorrow it will be grander, but for right now it is grand. And I don't have to compare and look here and look over there. I can run my race and see Jesus alone and recognize that he is set a prototype in the word of God, a type and a shadow as we looked at Abel offering a more excellent sacrifice that though he's dead, God is still communicating about Abel and Abel still speaks. Because he, he God says, had bore a witness 
of righteousness with God. And last week, uh, we I, I'm not sure whether we touched on it, but of course we know that in Christ, we've been made righteous in Romans. And I did a dominion talk. Yes, I did. Uh, and I read this verse, and so it's fresh in my mind. And it's in Romans chapter 3. And I feel like teaching and preaching until midnight tonight. Oh, my dear. I'm so inspired. All right. Um, Romans. Where is Romans? Let's find Romans. Romans. Romans 5, actually, I think it is. 5.18. Romans 5.18. Therefore, as through one man's offense... Judgment came to all men, referring to the sin of Adam, resulting in condemnation. The sin of Adam is so condemnation, only condemnation. There's nothing else. There's no life. In sin, there is no life. To all, condemnation to all men. So, even so, through one man, that's the Lord Jesus' righteous act, the free gift came to all men. Righteousness is a free gift. Resulting in here, justification of life. So my life in Christ communicates to God righteousness. My life in Christ communicates to God righteousness. I have been justified in here for us by one man's disobedience, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So many were made sinners, but look, but one man's act of obedience, what have we been made? My identity is not be a sinner. My identity is the righteous ransom one of God. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. If we continue in verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if we just look right across in chapter 6, we have a say-so in the application of this righteous cause of Christ. In verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That's what you meditate on. But you see, now we are living sacrifice and our mind is being renewed to, to use this temple for God alone and not to yield it for the lust of sin. Verse, let's go back to 12. Therefore, not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. Just as Enoch. Yeah, Enoch. He walked with God and was no more. He did not see death, Hebrew says. We present ourselves to God, how? Not dead, but alive. We too walk with God and in the flesh are no more. But present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instrument of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. The teaching of the word of God is very important, because if you're not 
subjecting yourself to the teaching of the word of God, you do not understand, nor would you know what he has done for you. And you carry on as a mere man living in the flesh, thinking you just, whoa, a little sinner or a big sinner. You, you just, whoa, is you no right, no freedom. You're stuck, you're stuck, you're stuck, you're stuck until you go by the way of the grave. And hallelujah, you're in heaven now. No, we've already passed from death to life and now we live alive unto God and so here that's how Enoch walked he had the revelation see when you're in fellowship with the God as was David there is this revelation of grace there's this revelation of the love of God where it totally annihilates your flesh and there's hope of glory at that moment because you recognize God alone is your savior. God alone is your hope. That's what David says. I, I would have fainted had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The revelation of the love of God. And that really is the ultimate mortification to our flesh. That's what Romans 8 talks about. That is by the Spirit we are mortifying the deeds of the flesh. By the Spirit we are mortifying the deeds of the flesh. While the Holy Spirit has been deposited in our heart and poured out the love of God. It's this pour out of love that's mortifying the deeds of the flesh because now I don't have to fend for myself. I don't have to please myself. I live in his pleasure. Get back to Enoch Desi. Read verse 5 again. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He did not see death. Don't be afraid today. Faith does not allow you to see death. We are reading this chapter of faith because last week God spoke to me that we are to be found in this chapter of faith. This is our life. This is our life. And when we walk in the rest of faith, we don't see death. We don't see trouble. What kind of a mindset? Pure. To the pure, all things are pure. Happy. To the happy, all things are happy, can we say. To the innocent, all things are innocent. Happy. Happy. And how the world hates that. How the wor world is triggered by you walking above the circumstance. How the world wants to restrain you and contain you and withhold this freedom of expression of the love of God that I am free indeed. The word has set me free from every snare, from the curse that's found in the world. Actually, I did a teaching uh, five months ago, I took a picture because I wanted to share it. I'm, I'm thinking of re-editing and, and reposting it somehow. God will give me the wisdom on it, but it's from, um, back in May, I believe, May the, th the 30th. Yeah, May the 30th. And the title was Stay on Top, Desi Schneider. Stay on top. Stay on top. And it was about Daniel. 
and I pretty much spent the entire message looking through the book of Daniel. And this is the sum up on, on the YouTube page of mine on Dominion Sonship um, for that message May the 30th, this year, 2021. Daniel withstood the pressure of the world and stood up for God. And so God moved on his behalf always. And then my quote is from Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by yoke of slavery. Galatians 5.1. That I'm trying to, I'm thinking of re-editing and posting it as a shorter version of it. And so this is how we walk. We do not see death. We walk above the circumstance. Why? Because all we see is Jesus. All we see is Jesus. And I think I'm pretty much, actually, let's go to Ephesians. And then we'll be wrapping it up. So what was his testimony of Enoch? Because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So we see now the first part of Enoch got checked by us in Christ, right? We're not going to see death. We walk with God and we're no more in the flesh. The second part is also a, a, a tick. Yes, we also are part of that testimony that we please God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Do you know that you please God today? Do you know you today please God? Yeah, me, me. I please God today. Because I'm found in him. Verse 3 in Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed us with every, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Because that's our position now in Christ. It's in the heavenly place. It's in the place of his pure delight. In him we are. In him we are. And every spiritual blessing, every endowment for you to make it big right now, for you to triumph mightily right now, it's there. It's found in you in Christ. Don't give up. Don't cave in. Don't bow the knee. Keep, keep on keeping on. Keep up the fight of faith. Keep up the fight of faith as Timothy had to guard that which was entrusted to him. I love Paul's instruction to his spiritual son over and over and over and over. The good fight of faith. Encourage yourself, pretty much she was saying to Timothy. Remember the faith that was in your grandmother and your mother. It, that faith is in you now. You've not been given a spirit of fear. No fear in us. There was no fear in Abel. He gave his best. He didn't withhold anything like the murderous flesh does. What is it? Not being given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. We live in the pleasure of God. We live in the Holy Ghost. Power. Power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. What situation is facing you and, and taunting you as a Goliath today? God is saying, behold me alone. You've been raised above the moment. You are the John. Face it up. Face it up and speak back and shut it down. Revelation of the love of God. That Abel had. 
that he didn't shrink back from giving his best. The Enoch walked with God out of the entire generation. The only one that that was referred to from that, that, that telling of the names, the family of Adam, was regarding Enoch, that he walked with God because he had this testimony that he pleased God. And so Ephesians 1, going now to verse 4, just as he chose us in him, Chosen. Today you're chosen. You're not haphazard in the kingdom of God. You are chosen, handpicked by God. In him, before the foundation of the world, you see, it, he didn't wait for you to get it right to choose you. He, you didn't have to qualify yourself. Live, live, let's say, five years, you did good. Live another ten years, you did better. Before the foundation, while you were, you were just a thought in his mind. I, I like her. I like him. I like her. She's mine. I take her for me. And then 1971, July the 8th, comes little Desi. Ah, crying, crying, crying. I was already his. He chose me. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s I came to the Lord in terms of knowing him. But looking back over those first few years, I know I was very much aware of God. I just didn't know him. And so, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In love. Having predestined us to adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself. When someone loves you, you're pleasing to them. I can assure you that. When someone loves you, you're pleasing, very pleasing to them. They can't have enough of you, just like your father, God. He wants all of you. And look how we are before him in love. That we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us. We've been predestined to adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according, here it is, according to his good pleasure. It was his very good pleasure to choose us. And so we too, just like Enoch, have that same testimony that we please God. Because it was according to the pleasure of his will, to the praise, the glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us, he made us, I didn't make myself, he made us, accepted in the beloved. And I pray for this divine revelation that no matter how many times you've heard that today you hear him say, you are accepted by me, child. You are accepted. In him we have redemption through his blood. Through his blood. Look, forgiveness of sin, don't struggle with. Did he forgive me? Yes, repent, he forgave you. According to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in our wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, this is it, according to his good pleasure. It was his good pleasure for him to talk to us about his will for our lives. Just the way he talked with Enoch, he's talking to us now. We are in him, one with him. It was his good pleasure. 
to make known to us his will. So don't say God doesn't like me, doesn't want to talk to me. It's a lie. Break it. We break that lie. He loves you and he's talking to you. You're walking with him. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. And today, this repose of faith remains. Repose of faith remains. remains. And before we, did I read what repose means? Repose, and this is the wrap-up. This is the end. Repose definition, I looked it up from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, has four little statements. The first is a state of resting after exertional strain. That's what we have in Christ. That's what the Word of God does. It's labor not no more, but trust Him. Just like Jesus said, those who are weary in heaven, come unto me. The second definition is a place of rest. In faith, we have a place of rest, rest called the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. A lack of activity, <laughs> a lack of that Exertion of figure, figure, figure. And I like the last one. Composure of manner. Pose. Today you have a pose. Today you have a composure that is of God. Today you keep yourself in His keeping. Today you're highly composed in this place of peace because you have stilled yourself to know him alone. Glory be to God. We're done. Amen. All good. All good.